Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Okay, the fun's over. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> hey, this last, uh, this last week, uh, I was telling several people before church, um, the last three weeks, almost four weeks, um, in about a two to three, maybe four-day period, we've had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with our grandchildren. And this last week, um, anybody ever been to Great Wolf Lodge? One person has been to Great Wolf Lodge. Um, it's just like a, a big water park indoors, all right? So we go there, and they love to play. And, of course, they've always been so small, they didn't go on in the big slides. So this time, um, my grandson says, Let, let's go on bat slide. I said, let's go. So as we're climbing up, I could tell he's realizing how far from the ground we're getting. And we're not talking about a major height here, but his first time. And there were some smaller children, even smaller than him, that were in front of him. And that was my way of getting him and keeping him encouraged. If they can do it, you can do it. Don't take this the wrong way. She's a little girl. <laughs> and she's going to do it. So we get all the way to the top. <clears throat> and he's now petrified. But the peer pressure kicks in because all the kids are going, and we literally get seated in the tube. It's a four-person tube. He's on one side. I'm on the other side. We're seated. They're getting ready to push us off. And the little girl that went before us, about five seconds into the ride, there was a blood-curdling scream, and he said, nope, I'm not going, and got out. <laughs> And so I got out, and we walked down all those steps until he got his courage back later, and we went on several of the slides. Now, here's what I'm saying. You know, for all of us, something new is scary. Something new is always a little scary. The first time down the slide, the first time on the bike, I mean, you name the first time, a little scary, right? And, and if anybody says, <clears throat> I've never been scared, you got issues. Not living in reality, you're living in denial. Because every, see, and, and we, we talked about this last week. Go back to John chapter 14. Even before then, Jesus had just had supper with his disciples. And he was telling them, This is my body which is broken for you, this is my blood which was shed for many for the remission of sin. It, it, he was trying to explain to them some changes were taking place. He was washing their feet. In John chapter 14, he starts off by saying, don't, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And we, we talked about that whole passage last week. And here's what he was saying. They were getting ready to face something for the first time. Life without him in their presence. 
They were getting ready. He was trying to equip them and, and help them understand, I'm going to be gone from here for a while, but where I'm going, I'm going to come back so I can take you with me there. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. And the disciples were still, what do you mean? We, we don't know the way. We, we don't know what you're talking about. And Jesus simply said, famous passage, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, we use that as a primarily salvation passage, but it's not. We know that Jesus is the only way, but what Jesus was trying to convince his disciples is don't trust anything else but me. When I'm not with you, <clears throat> don't trust anything else but me because I promise you I'm coming back. And I'm going to send you a comforter. The Father will send you the comforter. He will lead you into all truth. He will empower us. He will guide us. He will direct us. You're not going to be alone. Even at Jesus' ascension, after the resurrection, before he left the disciples, he said, go and make disciples. And the last words to his disciples, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, now what am I saying? As we approach chapter 15, <clears throat> these few chapters sort of resemble each other. Jesus is sort of repeating himself in different ways to try to get the disciples to truly understand. Because he has just said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Believe in me. Now, just as a little rehearsal, how many of us have a hard time really believing sometimes? Okay, how many of us know somebody who has a hard time really believing sometimes? Right? You know, I can relate to Thomas all the time. I find it amazing that in John chapter 14, Thomas was the one that said, we don't know the way. Show us the way. Same Thomas when Jesus was risen from the dead, and Thomas heard that Jesus was in their midst. Here's what Thomas said, I'll believe it when I... See, we, we want to have things tangibly right there in front of us. And as soon as we hear a scream... No, I'm going to wait on this one. <clears throat> I'll take the next one. No, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, that's just not right for me. It's not fitting for me. Am I making sense? So here we are in John chapter 15, <clears throat> and Jesus presents us, not just to a few of us as believers, but to every believer. He's speaking to us when he speaks to his disciples. Let's just read this and see where he goes. <clears throat> John chapter 15, starting at verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they burn. What does this mean? <clears throat> now I think everybody in here, just about everybody in here, has probably heard this preached or taught on. And the symbolism is, is simple. 
I realize that to many of us, this story is, you know, John, we get it. We understand. We need to abide. Okay, what does that mean? What does abiding really mean? What does abiding, again, this is their first time. Jesus is getting ready to go, and he says, abide in me. I can hear Thomas, but this time he's probably not even saying it out loud. Peter's afraid to say anything. Right? Abide in me. What Jesus is saying again is a couple of things, and and we'll get into this, because I've I've got a a lot of stuff I want to share this morning. There are things in our lives that we're going to experience, but if we stay in him, we'll be fruitful. Um, I know sometimes we use the word success, and we try to mean it in the right way, but can I just can I just encourage you that no matter how you define success, a better understanding would be being fruitful. Are you fruitful? Are you productive? Um, you may not make a million dollars next year, but are you fruitful? You may, not, you may not do a whole lot that you think makes a difference, but are you productive? Now, I say that because spiritually speaking, this is going to make sense, but I, I want you to know that this even makes sense for every area of our life. Why? Because as men and women of God, as believers, he doesn't have just one part of our life on Sunday. He has every area of your life. And when he says here, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, He's saying that when we abide in him, we're expected to bear fruit. Now, just let that sink in for a second. We are expected to bear fruit. And right there, some of us are saying, oh, man, now what fruit am I bearing? It's not a competition. That's why we shouldn't compare each other, right? We shouldn't, you know, again, you're going to hear a lot of grandkid stories today. They're running around with these little toys that they play with at Great Wolf Lodge. And if one kid broke something, he was going to make sure that everybody else was was broken too. Because it's all even, right? We all got to have the same broken stuff. It's it's almost like sometimes if we see somebody that's being fruitful, we either want to have as much as they have or make sure they have what we have. And so it's not a competition what we do need to embrace is the fact that he expects all of us to be fruitful. Um, I believe one area that we need to also understand, it's not about everything that we do. Pastor Nick mentioned this, and, and it's powerful. It's not that we can produce all this. Galatians 5 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, how many have ever tried, okay, today I'm going to be patient. And how long did that work? You know, it's, it's good to at least start, but without, without the Holy Spirit doing a work in your life, it doesn't grow. Self-control. We're going to talk about discipline in a few minutes, but self-control. Listen, when I abide in him, my self-control is way different than when I'm not abiding in him. Okay? And I'm, I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself on this, but this is all, Jesus is not talking about an in and out faith. You can't be in the vine one minute and out of the vine the next. 
and then, whoops, I'm going to get back in the vine real quick. It's not how it works. We're, we're in the vine, and what does this abide look like? Can, I, can we just talk about what abide should look like? Yes. Okay. Here's what abide should look like. Abiding in Christ is our connection with Jesus. That's why he starts off and he even tells us again, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Well, why would he say I am the true vine? I think it's because there's a lot of vines out there. There's a lot of things that if you're not careful, you could put your trust in. There's a lot of things that if we are not careful and we are not watchful, we can start to depend on those things rather than the true vine. That's why even back in chapter 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't look for another way. I am the way. I'm the one you need to believe in. I'm the, I'm the one that, that you need to trust. That's what he's saying. And he wants us to also understand as believers here in the 21st century that it's easy for us to get distracted and put our trust in other things. It would be easy for us to get distracted and, and think that we're being productive, but we're trusting in other things to be productive. He's saying, I am the true vine. He's the one that gets us in the vine. If, if God is the vine dresser, if the Father is the vine dresser, the only way to the vine dresser is through the vine. No one comes to the Father except by him. So now what, what, is, what, is, what does he mean then when he says he takes away every branch that bears fruit and he prunes that it may bear more? See, when you're connected to Jesus and our connection is through Jesus, we need to understand that we, we need to be bearing fruit. I've never seen a vine that a branch was out there screaming, I want to bear fruit. It just happens. When it's connected to the vine, it will bear fruit. When it's connected to the vine, things happen. I believe that when we are connected to the vine, things happen. I believe that when we're not connected to the vine, things don't happen. I'm just going to get a little quieter here for just a second. What, what is it when I'm, um, I'm really following after Christ, but I'm not connected to Christ? What does that look like? What does it look like if I go to church, but I'm not really following Christ? I think it's possible for us to have a lot of branches hanging around, but not connected. I think it's possible, if we're not careful, even in our own lives, and, and please, this is not about condemning, it's possible for us to be very involved around a vine, but not connected to the vine. You can even look fruitful hanging out with the right vine. Um, you can look fruitful, you can look productive, but, but Jesus says here that the vine dresser who knows us best, he knows what vines are productive and what aren't productive. And again, this isn't about losing your salvation. This is all about if you are a believer, you will bear fruit. So if I'm connected 
What are the things in my life that need to be seen? Yes, we read about the gifts, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And, and wouldn't it be great to meet loving Christians? Isn't it always a good thing to meet kind brothers and sisters in the Lord? And I know some of you are thinking, oh man, but sometimes I have a bad day. That's why you need to meet other kind brothers and sisters in the Lord that will be kind to you when you're having a bad day, right? That will be forgiving and long-suffering. Somebody say amen. So, so Jesus says, listen, through me, you are connected. I am the vine, you are the branches. What does pruning feel like? Why, why is there pain sometimes? Why? I thought when I got saved that there'd be no more pain. I thought if I had enough faith that, that I could speak to mountains and they would be cast into the sea and I've been speaking to this thing in my life and it's just still there every day. Why? Because he's using that to make sure you're bearing fruit. Um, there's a lot of stuff in my life, believe me, there's a lot of stuff in my life that I, I pray all the time, Lord, why am I experiencing this pain? And, and listen, this is, I'm not talking about some major physical malady that would, we all would obviously be praying for in any of our lives. But just, you know, that thing that I know gets a hold of my mind sometimes, and it's all I can think about. And it's like controls every moment. And I'm even praying, God, you know, that's, Lord, this isn't right. I, I, I just need to deal with that person or deal with that issue or deal with that scenario. It might be in business. You know, I've got meetings this week. They're going to be tough meetings. So guess what happens if I don't stay connected in the vine? I start making up my own stories. About, now, listen, I'm not saying that, you don't be, that you're not human occasionally. Am I making sense? I'll start making up my own stories. And how many understand what I'm saying when I say that you can do the right thing the wrong way? You can deal with people the right, you can deal the right way, but do it the wrong way with your attitude. You know, I'm embarrassed to tell you how many times I've had to ask for forgiveness. And I was right. Mostly. It was the delivery. It was the motive. Because if, if you're just trying to be right because you want to make sure they know they're wrong, wrong motive. So I, I'm constantly having, Lord, please, I've got this meeting. Season my words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable when I sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And don't let me kill them either. Right? I'm saying that because this is why it's important to stay abiding. So what does abiding mean? I'm going to get to some of this in just a moment. What does abiding mean? It means that there's sometimes stuff that I'm constantly having to deal with. God's using that to make sure he's pruning me. Sometimes that pain you feel is God cutting off unpredictable things, unproductive things. Those areas in your life that are not bearing fruit, he's snipping. Snip. You know, uh, my wife loves yard work. I'd like to think that I have a green thumb. We lived in Florida for many years, and you don't need a green thumb to live in Florida. You just need a yard. You water it, it will grow, I promise you. But here, we try to trim our hedges back and do it a certain way, and I got the wild idea that if I just trim everything back to the ground, 
it will grow. And it did. It has grown. It's come back beautifully. But what we realized is there was an entire year where nothing bloomed because I cut it back too far. I cut it back so far that any buds had no chance to live because I cut them off. See, sometimes if we even try to do the pruning so we can bear fruit, we'll mess things up. God didn't say do the work. He just said abide. The vine dresser is doing the pruning. But, but I want this. I'm going to get to point two in just a minute. I, I want it this way. I want it this way. Here's, here's what we need to focus on. Our connection is through Jesus. Our whole focus needs to be staying with Jesus. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, making it about Jesus every day of your life. Not just on Sundays. Not just when you need something. But every day. Why? Because number two says our, uh, our dependence is on Jesus. Our dependency <clears throat> is on Jesus. Now what does he say? He says in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now that's pretty heavy. That's, and depending on what kind of uh, church background you've been raised in, some of you are shouting on the inside and some of you are nervous on the inside right now. Because if you were raised in a real charismatic church, Pentecostal, charismatic, and listen, that's how I was raised. That that meant start asking. You know, well, don't don't you think it's more important to really stay in the vine? Just start asking; something will pop out. Just ask and have faith, and something's coming. God will God will answer prayer. It, there's there's two answered prayers: yes and no. Just but you don't know until you ask. Right? That's scripture. You have not because you ask not. But now here's here's the problem, and we go to the other extreme. <laughs> And we say, oh, and we, we don't believe in a lot of the stuff that was asked for in the Bible because it might be the wrong motives we're asking for. Well, let me, let me just present it this way. Let me ask you a question. Um, I'll, I'll say it like this. If my son walked in the door right now, and many of you have said this, if my son, Matthew, walked in the door right now, you would say, Whoa, Pastor John's lost 40 pounds. Why? Because he looks just like his father. Same DNA. I've got a brother that whenever we go out to eat, it's, it's sort of weird. Whenever we go out to eat, inevitably, we'll look at the menu, the waitress will walk up, and we'll both order the exact same thing almost every time. Why? Because... Our, our DNA, we have the same taste. It's just who we are. When my dependency is on him and I'm abiding in him, I start to look like my father. When I'm abiding in him, my taste buds change. I have a taste for things that are a little bit more holy than I did last week. My taste is not for self but for others. My taste is not what can I get out of this, but, but not my will, but, but thy will. See, when you start thinking like that, when you start walking like that, you'll ask differently. You'll ask differently. 
Um, when, when you start looking at life from, not just from, we talk about, look, look at it through the lens of God. Look at it through the, the, the worldview or the biblical view. Listen, what, what happens when you change? What happens when the Spirit of God is in you and you are abiding in the vine? Now, he's got your attention all the time. <clears throat> this is a silly analogy, but this is so such a simple subject this morning. I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence. It's just too easy. Not to insult your intelligence, but to use this simple illustration. Can you imagine that Jesus is using the analogy here of a, of a grapevine? We don't know if it's because they just had supper and they drank wine. We don't know if it's say we're just walking outside the the upper room there, and they happen to walk by a vineyard. We don't know exactly why he used this, except when he speaks about the vine and the branches, the disciples know immediately he's talking about grapes. And if I'm in him, and I'm abiding in him, and I'm asking whatever I want, <coughs> it's probably going to be about being productive, it's, it may be about a lot of things, but it's not about what I want. It's what he wants. Even when he uses the terminology, you can ask whatever you desire. It's like I've heard a lot of preachers say. When people say, well, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to go there? Am I allowed to do And believe me, it's coming, folks. With marijuana being passed and all that fun stuff, somebody in the church is going to eventually say, well, now that it's not against the law, are we allowed to? <clears throat> and I've heard a lot of preachers say this, and listen, I'm for it too. You know what? When you give your life wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ, and you are totally surrendered to him, and you are in him, and you are abiding in the vine, do whatever you feel. Because I got a sneaky feeling that what you feel will be more being productive for him than doing your own thing. Because here's what you never hear a grape pray for. I want to be an orange, Jesus. Lord, could you please make me an orange? No, because that's not even a part of the thinking of that DNA. It's not even a part of what's going on when you are uh, in the vine. Am I making any sense? And I know it's simplistic, but just l let it simmer for a minute. Because in my life, if I'm brutally honest, it's easy for me to feel like that productivity that God is doing in my life is because of me. It's not because of the nutrients from the vine. It's not because of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not because of being connected to Jesus. Suddenly, somehow, here's how we play it, and, and it happens in our lives all the time. You're going through a very difficult time, but God brings you out. And while you were going through that difficult time, man, you came to church. Good to see you guys this morning. You came to church. You were faithful. You prayed twice. I mean, you got serious about things, and then you came out of that valley, and what did you do? Whew. Don't have to go to church next week. In other words, I'm going to follow him 
till the, till some fruitfulness, but then as soon as I have what I feel like I need, you start to feel like you're okay. It's, it's, it's all you now. No, Jesus is saying, listen, if, if you really want to face what I'm talking about, you're getting ready to face in your life, you need to abide. Abide. It, it's about our connectedness with Jesus. It's about our dependency on Jesus. But then it's about, <clears throat> thirdly, our consistency. Continuance with Jesus. You know, it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't just happen. We get saved, and then we're waiting for Jesus to come. It's not about just getting saved and having an experience and then just waiting for the master. A lot of folks will feel this way, even about this passage. Well, that's not for everyone, Pastor John. You know, not everyone's going to be productive. I disagree. All of you have been given something. All of you have been given a measure of faith. All of you have been given gifts and talents, abilities. All of you have been given something, and there's going to be an expectation of fruitfulness. There's an expectation of God being able to do something in your life, but have you stayed and abided in the vine? See, uh, abiding in the vine in this scenario, <clears throat> when Jesus says, these things that I've spoken to you, that your joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another. Now, he has said this multiple times in the last few chapters. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another. I want you to love one another. The reason you need to stay and abide in the vine is because you need to love one another. He says, what your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask, again, he says this, whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command that you love one another. What do you think he's asking us to do there? Not a trick question. <laughs> Abide in me and love one another. That's what remains. Our love for each other. I, I love it because when I start looking down through history, it's easy for us to pick out different hot spots in history that we feel like revival was taking place. Listen, God's never stopped moving or been moving greater. God is God. God never changes. God never changes. It's not like God really moved powerfully in the 1600s. It's not like, man, man, that, that, that first day of church, that, that was the most powerful one. It's been downhill ever since. No. No, it's not, it's not about that. God has always been God. What I have found is how desperate people are for God, you'll see him more often. When people are desperate for a move of God, you'll see him show up. Why? Because you'll see him in the people. You'll see him in their love. He goes on to say in that passage, <clears throat> I no longer call you servants, but friends. What is he saying there? If you were still my servants, I called you servants because you didn't know what I was doing. 
Now you know, so you're no longer servants. What is he saying? We're not just here blindly walking and going through the motions, hoping something happens. God's called you. He expects you to be fruitful. We're on a mission. Now, I, I, it's, it's almost 11 o'clock. How many will give me 15 minutes? Thank you. <clears throat> so how do, we, how do we live this life? We're not just trying to survive till Jesus comes. We're trying to be fruitful till Jesus comes. We're not trying to just go through the motions till Jesus comes. We're trying to be fruitful until Jesus comes. And that's why I, I, I hope, um, you know, no one has said this to me anyway. But, you know, our, our, our church and other churches, we've not really gotten back to the attendance we were used to. And some have said, man, I, I, I don't know. I can't wait till we get back. And I'm like, take your time. Um, yes, we want visitors to come to the church. That's not it at all. But listen, this is a good time for me to talk to the brothers and the sisters about what should be happening, not just on Sundays. This is a good time for us to really come together and hear the word of God from the perspective of, listen, we're not going to season it a little bit so everybody's happy. We're going to season it because stuff that you've not swallowed in a long time needs to be swallowed. It's not milk, it's meat. So are you abiding? Are you not abiding? Are we just huddled in a holy huddle waiting for Jesus to come? Or are we going to call a break and go out and run some plays? So what does that look like? What, what does this walking out, when we leave here today, what does walking this out look like? Well, here's how I believe just a few examples of how we can abide. Let me first say this is discipline. <laughs> These are disciplines. That's all they are. You can't make the fruit happen, but I promise you, when you practice what we're talking about, you get to know God a lot better. You stay closer to God than you've ever stayed, but it takes discipline. Why am I emphasizing that word discipline? Can I read it real quick? The definition of discipline, self-controlled or controlled behavior that is driven toward a code of behavior using punishment if necessary. Oh, he just chose that one because it had the word punishment in it. No. Here, here's what punishment also can mean. Consequences. How do you discipline yourself to not touch a hot stove? Touch it one time. You know, because until you touch it, I know that's not rocket science. That's how you learn, though. Because everybody can say, don't touch it, it's hot. It's not that hot. Right up until you touch it. Everybody's had to learn, right? But guess what everybody does the next time they get around the hot stove? They're acting a little bit more careful. They're, they're, they're thinking differently about just laying their hands on that stove. They think, now, it, it, it's not that we don't make mistakes, but what is discipline? Discipline is coming alongside of each other, or if if it's self-discipline, and saying, I demand that you get out of bed early and do this, because if you don't, you're going to continue to get weak in your spiritual life. 
and I'm going to wake up next year and wonder why I'm still feeling weak in the Lord and I still I don't feel fruitful. Well, because you've not done anything. So let me let me just go down this list. It's not about legalism. It's it's about how hungry are you? Are you with me? You love me? Number one, read the word of God. Read the word of God. Now, I don't have these on the screen because I'm sort of making half of them up as I go. Because it really is common sense. But you know what I've noticed about the world? There's no more common sense. There's no, the, common sense has gone out the window. So when you tell, now here's why this is important, guys. Discipline in this culture has gone out the window. Don't tell me what I need to do, Pastor. Who are you? Well, if you're in this church, I'm your spiritual authority. That's exactly who I am. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way. That's just what about the Bible says. And, and I'm not going to beat you up with it. That's called abusive authority. But if I love you, I won't not tell you. So what, what does read the word do for me? Well, it sort of like gets it in you. Read the word. Now, why is that important? I'll even go so far as to say memorize the word. Because then you have to read it more than twice. You memorize the word. <clears throat> Did this ever happen to anybody? You, you do a devotion in the morning, and it really speaks to you. And you read the passage, and you read maybe a story that comes along with the devotion. And, and you get to work, or you get into a meeting later on that day, and somebody says, you know, I've just been really, I've got this thing going on in my life. You know, if you'll abide in him. And his words abide in you. You can ask whatever you want. And you'll be like, oh, my God, are you in the ministry? What's, what do you do? No, it's because you just have that perfect word right there. You have that word that you can drop out right there. But you know what you can't do if you've not been in the word? You can't drop squat. You can't drop anything. Well, I'm just depending on God for a miracle. It'll need to be a miracle. But here's, here's why... When you can walk in authority and walk in boldness is when you've been living in the word. And the reason it takes discipline is when you get up in the morning, that's the last thing on your mind. When you get up in the morning, the last thing on your mind is to get in the word, read scripture. Take, it might just be one scripture. I really could take time on this for the rest of our, our time today. Because when you get into a scripture, then it might cause you to meditate. What does the scripture say? And I don't mean ancient meditations that you empty yourself. I mean biblical meditation where you fill yourself with the word. Joshua was told, I want you to take this word and I want you to meditate on it day and night so you will obey every word that I give you and you will have success. You will be fruitful. Meditate. Focus on that word. Learn that word. What is it saying? Quote it, memorize it. Why? Because let it become a part of who you are. And I don't mean start talking in the King James language. Get an NIV. But start speaking the word. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have to make a hard decision. What does his word say? And see, a lot of us, I'm not trying to be mean, but a lot of us, as soon as we even ask the question, what does his word say? 
our Bible has become Google. Because we know we can Google. But that's what, that's, I'm going back to discipline real quick. The reason we're not a very disciplined group, this is not John McLeod's opinion, by the way. The westernized Protestant evangelical church is the most undisciplined church in history. In history. Um, we don't know our Bible. And we, we're living in an age of entitlement. Oh, he's going to go there. No, just listen. We don't want to work for anything. Listen, don't let, let me finish. Don't go where you think I'm going. We just want somehow to supernaturally receive it. We don't want to work by studying the word of God. We just want a supernatural move of, you know, like you prayed for when you were taking exams in high school and college. Supernatural download, God. I didn't study, but at least let me get a B. And what, now, Pastor, are we talking about salvation? No, but we are talking about abiding in him. Because if you're not abiding in his word, you won't know how to pray. But when you abide in his word and you start praying his word, it's amazing. Um, I'll even throw in solitude very quickly. What has solitude got to do with abiding in the vine? Well, first of all, it, practicing solitude means you will not get distracted. It means you will be very focused on why you are even pulling yourself aside from the distracted world that we live in. And please, um, I, I know I don't need to stay on this topic very long, but guys, you know we're distracted. We live in a distracted age, um, and, and we, we gravitate toward making sure we somehow are able to continually cater and minister and speak to a culture at their level. Now, I, I get it. Don't get me wrong, but hear me out rather than being the North Star and drawing people to him. That means a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. That, that means meeting people where they are. That means getting, getting down and, and living life where people, where they are, but connected to the vine. And I, I'll close with this one, <clears throat> witnessing. You want to bear fruit? Tell somebody about Jesus. Well, I'm not sure. I get nervous when you talk about, well, I didn't say we all do it the same way. Some of you in here have a natural gift of evangelism. Some of you in here are not afraid to talk to anybody about anything. When they see you coming, they try to get busy. So, so we know we know that there are just some people, it's a natural thing. There are some of us, you might be introverted, you might be just gifted in so many different ways. It doesn't mean we all have to do it the same way. We're not going out after church today and knocking on the door and saying, if you were to die tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven or hell? There's only a very special kind of person that can pull that off. All right? Now, but but how, how can you do it? How can you do it? Well, if, if your gift is hospitality, it might be inviting that person to your house when you have a picnic 
and inviting a few friends to say, hey, I've got some people I'd love for you to meet, and man, we just want to share love over hot dogs. And the next thing you know, well, what if I lose my friends? What if you bear fruit? Because here's what we're afraid of when it comes to witnessing. You ready? We think we're responsible for getting them saved. That's, that's where we get nervous because it's like, okay. And I've been with people like this. We're going to corner him. And until he says yes, we're not giving up till they accept Jesus Christ. Because we think it's our responsibility to get them to say yes. And I've, always, I've also been on the other end of that where I'm like, okay, I say yes, yes, yes. You know, I've been in services, much like maybe you're feeling right now, if he'll have an altar service, I'll come just so this will be over. Because in our mind, in our mind, we think, well, if I get this started, I got to get it finished. No, he who began the good work in us will complete it. See, when you start taking witnessing as all you're doing is planting seed, then you don't, it takes all the stress off. You don't have to memorize uh, all of John and part of Romans to be able to witness to someone. You, being nice and opening a door and saying, hey, be blessed today. Just do that every day. Because at some point, that person may say, what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm just a blessed person, and I'm going to bless you. Well, why are you blessed? What's so important about you? Well, it's not about me, but have you got a minute? Um, I, all I can tell you is once I was blind, but now I see. All I can tell you is once I was miserable. But, but see, here's what you can't do if you're not connected. You can't have that testimony. If you're not connected in the vine, you can't say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. You can't say that. Because it's easy to be around the vine and miserable at the same time. And, and when I say abiding in the vine, it's not that you've got to dig in there and try to make sure Jesus holds you. You're connected. But abiding in the vine for me when I know that I'm reading the Word of God every day, I'm learning more about Him than I ever knew. And listen, I'm a pastor. Half the reason I teach some of the classes I teach is because I'm always reading, always learning, and I'm always seeing a part of God I never knew existed. I'm always seeing a different facet of God's move in our lives that even though I may have read it a hundred times, I see that work in somebody's life. I, I see in all of us aspects of rebellion sometimes. And instead of wanting to lash out and straighten people up, you just realize all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all made mistakes. We all do stupid things. But, but if you're grafted, if you're in, if you're abiding, then I believe you're reading and praying, you're serving, you're witnessing. And it's not about getting the credit. It's just amazing how God just starts giving you fruit. And people just start saying things like, you know, every time I'm around you, I get, I get this great taste in my mouth, you know. Every time I'm around you, I sense love, I sense joy, I sense peace. And, and, and you're going through some tough stuff. You're going through some very difficult times. You're going through some very lonely times. But can I tell you, once again, Jesus was trying to get his disciples to understand what you're facing 
It might be new, but you win. Abide. Abide in me. I'm the answer. Abide in me. Let's all stand. <coughs> when, <coughs> this last week when my grandson finally came to me and said, I'm ready. It was Friday morning. And on that particular day, we just were going swimming for a few minutes before we checked out. There were no lines. We, we went down that slide three times without waiting in line, which meant he was running the whole time and I was trying to keep up. And by the third time up, my legs had already been burnt. I was gasping for air. Barely able to get out of the tube when we got to the bottom. And I said, son, go ask mommy and daddy for a ride. Because now that she wasn't afraid, he was ready to go. Now that he had stepped out into something new and realized, you know what? This is what he said it was going to be. He was ready. Wasn't afraid anymore. He knew there could be a ride. He knew there could be productivity. He knew what could be. But here's what I told him. Go, go find your mom and dad. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here in the lazy river. But I'm going to watch you. I'll be seeing you every time you go down. And he said, see ya. Now, Full transparency. I didn't tell him this. I don't even know where he went. It's not that I really, I wasn't there trying to be the Holy Spirit. I just was trying to breathe. But here's what his faith said. I'm going to keep going on this ride. And I know somebody's got their eye on me. See, not only has God got his eye on me, he sent his comforter, the Holy Spirit, who fills us, empowers us, in all that we do, guys, I'm just, if anything I've been talking about today resonates, I just want to pray that God takes you to a different level. All because when I abide in him, it's not about survival. I'm connected through Jesus. I'm depending on Jesus. And I'm continually, continually living this out because he wants you to bear fruit. And I believe that just those practices that we've been talking about, I'm not trying to be legalistic when I say this, but just choose one. Don't go home and write all of them down and say, I'm starting this first thing in the morning. You'll be depressed by 7 o'clock. But choose one. But when you get up in the morning, tell your body what it's going to do. Tell your feelings. Bring them into submission. Discipline yourself. Well, when does the punishment kick in? When you don't. When you don't. Now, I, I just want to pray for you because I believe some of you are going to leave here this week and you're going to start reading the word and it's just going to come alive. I believe some of you are going to leave here today and you're going to just tell that friend about Jesus that you've just been holding off on, but now you, you don't even have a whole testimony ready yet. You might want to work on that, but you don't even know what you're going to tell them necessarily except for, I know this isn't going to make sense, but Jesus loves you. That might have been the first time they've heard that anybody loves them in a long time. I just want, to have, I want you to have the faith to step past that new thing 
It might not be a slide, but he's with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I lift up every brother and sister in this place. Even those that are watching, Lord. Father, what we represent here today are not people trying to survive, (laughs) but we are branches abiding in the vine. We are your children abiding in you, and you are telling us, stay in me. Stay in me. I am the answer. Believe in me. Abide in me. And Lord, when we do, we bear fruit. When we do, we have nutrients. When we do, we have power. And Lord, we don't have to live in fear. But Lord, as we practice just staying in your word, praying, gathering together, Lord, lifting each other up, Lord, encouraging one another, witnessing to others, Lord, I pray that little by little you show yourself mighty in your children by doing the things that we cannot. We cannot just produce fruit. It's you. So, Lord, prove yourself mighty, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that you you don't even really need us, God. You choose to use us. So, Father, I pray that as we give ourselves to you right now, that you would do that, Father. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that right now, Lord, we can't make anyone your Holy Spirit has been drawing them the entire service. Lord, I pray that they would simply say, yes, Lord, come into my life. I surrender my life to you. Use me, Lord. Lord, I pray that that would be done in Jesus' name. And Lord, now again, bless this day. Bless our time. Bless my brothers and sisters, Lord. And use us mightily this week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you guys. Go in peace. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.